You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online and in iTunes because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smart trades. So again, thank you so much for tuning in today. On today's show, we're going to get back into things here this week, talking about my top five trading psychology lessons I've learned over the last 18 months. I think I even wrote down this topic before we had the recent drop in the markets. And I think it's actually kind of coming at the right time because maybe this list may have been a little bit different after the drop in the markets, but maybe it might not have been. But I think the topic is still relevant. I wrote down these things beforehand. They're all still things I still believe. And I wanted to kind of cover these today on the show with you guys. Before I do that, though, I wanted to start to give you guys a little bit of a sneak peek for those of you who are not pro and elite members, because you've probably heard some talk before, and I've kind of alluded to this a little bit, but I wanted to give everyone else now a little bit of a sneak peek into what's coming very, very soon to Option Alpha. So I've literally spent in the last like two and a half to three weeks really digging in and actually flying kind of all over the country and finalizing what will be a merger with another company. Now I'll have more details to come as we kind of roll things out, but the idea behind bringing on this other company into Option Alpha, and they're going to be kind of coming into the Option Alpha platform and framework is so that we can now offer what we will be able to offer very, very soon is completely fully automated trading, robotic trading right inside the Option Alpha platform, which is super, super exciting. And I'm like crazy excited about the possibility of doing this. And it all kind of came up over the last like couple of years. And I've been talking with them and and have a good relationship with them. And one thing led to another. And we eventually said, hey, why don't we just kind of bring our two things together? You know, Option Alpha has a large community, which is great. They've got great technology, which is great. Uh, let's not work independently. Let's try to work out something, you know, together to where, you know, the software kind of comes into Option Alpha and then People are able to build automated, completely automated, or code their own trading robots, which is crazy. And I've talked about even before, many, many months ago, how I thought that this is where the industry was going. And it definitely is. I mean, this is where the industry is going because you're seeing it all over the place. This is like the early days, really, of online bill pay in the options trading space because nobody, and I'm saying nobody in the entire industry, has the technology that we have. It is so proprietary to what we're going to have at Option Alpha. It's like wicked good, so cool technology. And you're going to be able to, like I said, completely and 100% trade from within the Option Alpha platform. So you won't have to go outside to your broker platform to make trades. You can literally stay inside of our platform, build an entire automated bot that continuously trades for you so that it saves you time and ultimately saves you a lot of money. So we got a lot of cool features that are coming up. We'll have much, much more to come next couple of weeks as we kind of roll things out and start talking about it more. So I wanted to kind of hint to it and allude to it just a little bit more, but you'll start to see some of the changes starting to push through into the option off a platform. Now, the good news is, and I'll talk about this briefly and then get on with the show, I guess, but the good news is, is that anybody who is currently, or if you upgrade and you stay a member as option alpha will get grandfathered in. So all of the people who have been elite members who decide to take the lifetime membership option as promised, and as I want to keep my promise with everyone, you all get 
grandfathered in. So there's going to be no additional cost for anybody who's at lifetime membership. You get it right now. And anybody likewise who stays an option alpha member or becomes an option alpha member before everything transitions over, obviously gets grandfathered in. So what you'll see though, is we're not going to be doing major, major shifts. It's going to be kind of, like I said, coming into the option alpha platform. And I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy it. So again, stay tuned. We'll have much, much more on this in the coming weeks. So on today's podcast, though, I want to talk about these top five trading psychology lessons that I learned. I'll just start off with the top here and and really kind of go through this list here, which I think will help out. Number one, what I've definitely learned over the last 18 months is you have to look down and then up. And I think this concept is really important because although I harp on it so, so, so much, what we just went through in the beginning of February and even what we're going through now, I guess, in February with the markets being so volatile, things that just seemed like there was no way that they could go down and turning around on a dime, VIX going up to 40, et cetera. What I know now to be true, and I knew then to be true, is position sizing is so, so critical. And I don't think that people actually really understood how important it is because it was just so easy to make lots of trades and over allocate because the markets were just going higher and they would float higher. Or even if they had a down day, it was a small down day, you know, 50 points on the Dow, not 600 points on the Dow, right? And so the markets would float and that gave people this false sense of positive expectation, this positive outcome that really shouldn't have been there. And I think people are really now waking up to the realization that you have to look down before you look up. You have to cover your downside risk or position size appropriately before you look up. Now I can tell you, like at the time that we're recording this podcast, we have paper losses in our account from the market that from the down move in the market. So I think our account right now is down four and a half to five percent on the down move in the market, right? On paper. So we'll see where it ends up at the end of the month and next month. But right now, our position sizes have 100% helped protect us from this down move. And in fact, has given us an opportunity to just add a bunch more premium, which is what we've done. So we've continued to make trades, we've continued to add a bunch of premium to our portfolio. The week that we're recording this podcast right now, we added a bunch of new positions, a lot of new positions. In fact, new members are kind of like, hey, is this the new normal? And I'm like, well, you know, it's kind of abnormal that we add, you know, six or seven new positions a day, but implied volatility is super high. And so that gave us an opportunity to add great premium. And had we not taken care of position sizing beforehand, we would have not had this opportunity. Now, I will say that, of course, the trouble in doing this earlier on before the market dropped was that we were under allocated and the markets were just floating higher. So could we have made money if we over allocated and went uh, bullish on everything? Sure, we could have. But was that the right move? Like, is it the smart move to run on ice? Even though you could run, you know you're going to fall eventually. But is that the smart move? And I don't I don't think it was. So I've always said I will give up that opportunity to over allocate in a bad environment and keep my allocations low because it always comes back around to pay dividends when the markets go crazy and volatility spikes up. We never have margin calls. We never get in trouble with any of that stuff. We have lots of capital to invest into. And that's why it makes sense to do it because when you need your capital there, when you need position sizing, it's not something you can add later, right? It has to be in place first. So that's the first thing. You have to look down before you look up. Number two is setting up roadblocks against bad doing bad trades. So this is something that I think is really important, but it's hard to psychologically get yourself out of a position that seems like it's the best position right now because everyone's doing it. There's a lot of, even in this market with, I think people who listen to Option Alpha where 
there's a lot of people at Option Alpha who are independent traders. We still listen to a lot of things. We still get influenced by a lot of people, uh, markets, news articles, social media, TV, et cetera, right? You have to set up roadblocks for yourself, however it works out for yourself, so that you don't pay attention to any of that crap. Because ultimately, it's going to lead you into making bad decisions and influence you in ways that you don't want to be influenced. I think, again, just the recent run-up that we had in stocks before they fell, everyone was talking, I mean, literally, everyone was talking about how the market could not fall. Like, it was just, every single day, it was just going higher and higher and higher. And everyone's like, when's it going to stop? It's going to stop. You know, like, and I jumped on, did Facebook Lives, and I was like, here's a problem with index investing. Everyone's investing right now, and no one's no one's really looking at the risk. They're just blindly investing, because index investing has worked, right? But now it's not. Now it's starting to turn around and starting to look ugly. And so you have to set up those roadblocks against doing bad trades. I don't know what that is for you. I don't know if that's a checklist, if it's just not watching the news, if it's turning off your you know email subscriptions to other places. I don't know what that is to you, but you have to set up roadblocks. Part of the reason why we're going to be rolling out this auto trading software, and this is why I'm putting so much emphasis behind this, is because ultimately humans are bad decision makers, right? Like we know this and I, I've known this for a long time. I want to remove myself from the markets as much as possible, right? And trade something more systematic. Well, what is more systematic than setting up a completely robotic and automated trading system that does it for you, that enters, scans, gets into positions, exits them, eventually adjusts them as you need it, has all the stop loss parameters in place, has all the profit taking in place, does it for you. So that when you start interacting with it, now you become the heir, right? You start interacting with it. It's all doing it by yourself. You don't have to worry about it. That's why we put so much emphasis on this because we want that to be the future of trading. We know that that's where things are going to go and we want to be behind that. Number three here on my top five list is habits win. I just, I don't know what better way to say it than the person who is more consistent and persistent eventually wins. They may not win up front. They may not win in the second quarter or the third quarter, but they're going to win at the end of the game. The person who is most consistent and most persistent in doing the right things every single time will win out. And that's something I know and I believe. Many of you guys know if you listen to me all the time, I'm a total geek of studying people and companies and things that are successful. And there's an underlying correlation between everything and that it's super, they're super consistent and they're super persistent. They just get it done. Every single day they have a habit to do it. And I think trading is a habit. I think right now it's a manual habit. Eventually it's going to be an automated habit, but it has you have to have a habit of position sizing appropriately. You can't just do it when it needs to be done. Like again, when the market has moved down recently, I see p- people who are now coming over to our side and saying, oh, I should have been neutral. I shouldn't have been so, so bullish. I should have position sized, right? That doesn't work looking in the rear view mirror. You have to do it now so that when you need it, it's there in place. Build your habits now. And habits take a long time to build. It's not the 30 days or 21 days. I think it's more like 60 days. You have to create a habit of looking at the markets, of analyzing, of position sizing, and adjusting your portfolio. That takes time, and you just have to give it enough time. Number four is I think you have to future cast your winners. I think you have to envision the end game. This kind of like came back to me, and I, I do this a lot just naturally. Like I'm just the type of person where, and many of you will appreciate this, where like my mind never stops. I feel like when I'm sleeping, my mind never stops. I'm always thinking about different things, whether it's, you know, like kids or family or the markets, a website page, a trade. Like I'm constantly, my mind is constantly moving. 
And part of that is naturally like I just envision where I want things to go. I have very good vision. I know exactly what the end game is, even though it might be five years or 10 years from now. And I have a plan to kind of work through that. And I'm always seeing kind of that, that future cast of where I want to be. I think you have to do that with your trades. And I think that comes in every avenue. I think you have to play out in your mind where things might go in different situations and like pre-plan what your adjustment's going to be. And if you really did that, if people actually really did that, not only just in the recent down move, but just generally, I think they'd be well, like insanely more positioned for success because you, you are already playing out what happens, right? So like recently in the heading into the Super Bowl, for those of you who follow it, there was an interview with the quarterback for the Patriots, Tom Brady. And he said, or somebody asked him, they said, do you know what the Eagles are going to do to you? Right. And he said, yeah, I have a pretty good idea. Now, of course, they ended up losing the Super Bowl, right? Which may have been his fault or, you know, other people's fault or the team's fault. But what was so good about Tom Brady, and you can't argue this, even if you don't like him or you like him, what's great about him and all the great quarterbacks is that they know what the defense is going to do 95% of the time in every play. Like they've played out so many repetitions in their mind that if they blitz from one side or if they drop a safety or if they do something different, they've already pre-planned out where they're going and what they're doing with the ball. It's not something that they just make up in the moment. Like they know if this happens, I do this. If that happens, I do this. And so they plan that out in advance. And you have to do that too with your trades. And number five is I think you have to accept possible failures. I think trying something new and trying something that seems like it's unpredictable at first is tough. No doubt it's tough. But I think you have to accept that you're going to have some failures along the way. It's irresponsible of people to assume that they can get into anything. I'm not even talking about trading, but let's just, you take anything you want, a new job, a new relationship, parenting, investing, options, and you are irresponsible if you don't think that there's going to be some roadblocks and some failures along the way. So accept them as going to happen. You're going to make bad decisions. You're going to have things that go not your way and you have to get through them. And so if you know that they're going to come, you're just kind of waiting to learn from them. That's how I see things, right? Is I see things in trading, especially as we start to make shifts in our trading over the last couple of years. I know I'm going to have roadblocks. I know things are not going to go the way that I wanted them to go, but I know I'm going to get through them. And so I accept failures as they come in. I try to use them as learning opportunities and get right past them, right? I know for sure as we roll out more of this automated trading and I start doing it publicly, which as I do this on the pro membership and elite membership, people are going to start seeing me use our own auto trading software, start to get away from more of the manual type trading, right? There's going to be a transition point. And I know that things are going to not work the way that I thought, or I'm going to have to tweak how I think about things because now I'm going fully automated from fully manual. Like that's going to be a transition for me for sure. I am accepting that there's going to be a certain level of failure in doing that. Not that it's going to completely die and collapse and and fall apart because I don't think it will, but there's going to be roadblocks. I'm going to have to try to understand how to not touch it, right? I think it's really what it is going to come down to is, you know, kind of even trust myself a little bit more just to let it go and not touch it even maybe more so than I do right now. So I think we have to accept those, those possible failures that might come knowing that our sequence of successes and failures are not predictable. Like even if we're trading, and I, I tell this all the time, is we're making 70% chance of success trades. And we know we're hitting those targets every time we enter a trade, every trade, 70%, 69, 70%, 72, right? 
I know that at some point I'm going to have a string of losers. I just don't know when, right? So I accept that that's going to happen. I just don't know when it's going to come. I could have three out of 10 right off the bat that are losers, or I could have seven out of 10 that are winners and then three at the end that are losers. I don't know when that's going to happen. And so if you don't know that sequence of returns, you have to stay consistent and vigilant with the system because the end game is where you're playing to. You're playing to the last whistle. You're playing till you know the next five years or 10 years or when you really need this money for retirement. That's what we have to do. So hopefully that helps out. Like I said, these are kind of the top five things I learned this year and I'm sure things will change and, and where you know things are going obviously is, is very cool and very exciting. Hopefully you guys are excited about it too. And hopefully it just kind of you know, re-centers your focus, especially during these turbulent market times. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now here's today's question. Hey, Kirk. Just love the um, Profit Matrix. Downloaded it about a week ago. Great. I, I encourage everybody listening to step up to the Profit Matrix. After reading the Profit Matrix, I, had, I came up with a question regarding uh, compound annual growth rates. And in the Profit Matrix, the Kager kind of ranges from 2% more or less up to 8% more or less. And, and that's almost kind of... Uh, similar to, say, a bond fund Kager that might have 2% up to a more of a stock SPY kind of Kager of 8%. And, and I'm just wondering if you could speak to the comparative advantage of options trading at, a say, a 2% Kager. I'm doing mostly risk-defined strategies. I guess what I'm, I'm wondering is how should we view the Kager as represented in the profit matrix and, and how should we translate that to trading strategies? Again, great. Love the information. As usual, you're doing great. Love it. Thanks. All right. So, Lyle, thank you so much for submitting the question. Also for the very nice unsolicited recommendation for the Profit Matrix. So the idea behind releasing this stuff, for those of you who are not familiar with the Profit Matrix report, which we release, and also our backtesting software, is just to always bring more context and more numbers, more math, more statistics around options trading. And what Lyle was specifically talking about was our profit matrix heat maps. So these huge heat maps that we created based on different market environments and days to entry, weekly trades, sequential trades, et cetera, taking profits, not taking profits, different IV rank levels. So there's this huge like heat map thing that we put together, which allows us to quickly and visually see where the better opportunities are in different market environments. Now, in most cases, these Kagers are still averaged over lots of different entries, meaning if we're looking at, say, the weekly, and I'm just looking at like one data point on the heat map right now, but if we're looking at a weekly entry, 40 days till expiration, and IV at 25, well, even in that one little context of trading where we can see a Kager, that still encompasses a lot of different deltas. So it could have been the 10 delta strangles, the 15, the 25, the 30, the 40. The, do you know what I'm saying? It's, it encompasses actually a lot of stuff that may or may not be for that optimal time period. But what we were trying to do in the heat maps is focus down into kind of the big rocks. Like what are the big concepts that we can break away from lots and lots of options backtesting to say, okay, this is a good time period or this is a bad time period or here's generally how we should look at management. 
And then using the profit matrix then to give us the framework on how we should generally navigate market environments, we can now use our trade optimizer to then pinpoint what works best in the exact situation that we're in. So if we know we should be, let's say, taking profits more often during low implied volatility markets, now we can use the the trade optimizer to really hone in on that and say, okay, for this exact market situation and this exact IV environment, here's where we need to take profits or this exact trade and this exact type of portfolio, here's how we need to take profits. And so that's really, I think, where these two combinations of research, like backtesting analytical research, and then maybe more forward-looking kind of trade optimization stuff really kind of comes into play. And, and again, it's not so much as a, of a 100%, you have to do this in every environment. It's trying to bring a lot of context and give us guideposts to work towards as we're building out trades. So again, thanks so much, Lyle, for submitting the question. As always, if you have any questions or comments that you want to get added to the show, please remember to head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask and click the big red button in the middle of the screen and leave me a private voicemail. There is no software to download or install, and it's incredibly easy. So let's get into the closing bell segment. Now, the closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. Moving forward. All right, so today we are going to be talking about a new trade that we just did yesterday in VXX. So at the time of this recording, we're starting to see again implied volatility shoot up. That means VXX, which is a inverse uh, VIX futures ETN. Well, it's not an inverse, but it's a VIX futures ETN. And so basically when the VIX goes up, VXX goes up as well. Uh, we've already got some positions in VIX, so we're adding this one in VXX because I think there's just generally just a little bit better pricing and you can sell options a little bit further out on VXX. But the idea behind doing this is that when implied volatility shoots up like this, we know over time it will come back down. Now, I don't know right now if it will come back down the next week or the next month or it might take you know longer than that. But we're doing this trade because generally shorting volatility is the best way to go when it is at a high level. It's not good to short volatility when it's already low, but when it's high, it's good to short it. And there's a good hedge just in case the markets do rebound or turn around here as we get further towards March expiration. So in this case with VXX, we are selling the 57 calls, buying the 59 calls. We're doing it for a 50 cent credit. And so we've got a lot of cushion between ourselves and where VXX is trading right now, which is around like 45. So this gives us a huge cushion. Volatility can still expand and we can still make money, but it also offers us a nice little hedge in case the market, like I said, does turn around and rebound and we see implied volatility contract. It's just another way to short premium in the market. You can do it with options, just selling options, or you can do it now with a lot of these volatility products, uh, which is also very cool. So again, this pairs well with the VIX trades that we've already sent out to pro and elite members where we're taking more of a directional stance on VIX. This is more of an option selling uh, stance on these volatility products. But ultimately, uh, this ends up being a really profitable trade long-term for us. We've traded this a lot before and it's worked out really, really well. So we're going to get back in here and continue to sell premium. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com.
All right. So I truly hope you guys enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources and any links mentioned in the show and related video training from today's show by going to optionalpha.com slash show 118. That's just the number 118, optionalpha.com slash show 118. Until next time, happy trading.